Welcome to the Mom on Purpose podcast. I'm Laura Johnson, and I'm here to teach you how to get out of your funk, be in a better mood, play more with your kids, manage your home better, get your to-do list done, and live your life on purpose. With my proven method, this is possible for you, and I'll show you how. You're not alone anymore. We're in this together. Welcome back to the Mom on Purpose podcast. Uh, It has been a very fun first week of summer for my house. (laughs) I think it's been more fun for the kids than it has been for me. Uh, There are kids running every which direction, and I am trying to give myself grace. And as we go through this transition, I find that anytime there is a big transition, whether it's to summer, whether it's to holidays, whether it's going back to school, you know, whatever that transition is, it takes at least a week for us to find our groove and to get our systems in place. And and I find that that's usually when I'm most susceptible to judging myself, to telling myself that I'm failing, to telling myself I'm not doing a good enough job. And I've learned this pattern about the way my mind works. And so I wanted to invite you first to just be aware that whatever transition that you're going through right now, it doesn't matter if it's a new baby coming into your home or if it's summer like us, like whatever that transition is that you're experiencing, just give yourself some grace and some space to work through those transitions to get your systems back up and running and to recognize it takes a little while to find that groove to get that routine. And when I give myself that grace and that space to go through that, what I'm doing is I'm practicing a lot of self-love, which brings us to what we are talking about today, uh, which I'm very excited about because I find that the way I talk about self-love is very different than the way other people talk about self-love. So I find that... um, I get kind of turned off by the way other people talk about self-love. So I wanted to first talk about that before we dive into things. I find that it feels very um, cliche to me for some reason. Like when people say self-love, it feels very flowery. Um, It feels very distant, like I'm disconnected to their version of self-love, where it's like, daily affirmations and thinking all bodies are beautiful and buying yourself that new dress out of self-love. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm saying that those things feel very distant to me. I do have thoughts about my body. Uh, I, I do have negative thoughts like the daily affirmations. Like There are things that I want to believe about myself, but there are things that I don't believe yet. And and yeah, like, of course I want to buy that new dress, but I want to buy that new dress not because I'm trying to practice self-love. Like, so that those are all the actions that people take when they're trying to practice self-love. For me, and what I'm going to be teaching you on this podcast today is how to feel self-love, how to connect to who you are. And we talked about that in the last episode. Um, so, you know, really getting to know who you are, I want you to connect first with that and then build a relationship with her so that you know who she is and you have a genuine love for her 
And then you can start taking those actions, not from a place of, of force or, or out of cliche, but because that's just the natural thing that you do because you care about you. That's it. Okay. So as always, we're going to start with, you know, this podcast episode is for you. If you've ever measured yourself against somebody else and have a lot of reasons as to why they're better than you, whether that's the way they look, whether that's the way they mom, whether that's the way they run their house, like you have a lot of evidence that someone else out there is better than you. Um, if you don't know what gifts and talents you have, and so you don't really know how to spend time doing your gifts and talents because you're confused on what those are. Um, if somebody compliments you and you are an expert at deflecting it, okay, or you're turning it around on them, okay, which is another form of deflection. So it'll sound something like, oh my gosh, that shirt looks so amazing on you. And you say, I got it at Ross for $5. <laughs> like, for some reason, the discount makes it look better on you. <laughs> like those two things are very separate. But what you're doing in that moment is you're deflecting the compliment. You're not receiving it. You're 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 pushing that compliment off. Or it'll sound like, hey, I really like the way you did this in your house. And you turn it around and say, oh my gosh, but you are so much better at decorating than I am. Okay. Also, like you're deflecting it, you're turning it around and making it about the other person instead of receiving the compliment. Okay. So that's another way that you know this podcast episode is for you is if you've ever done that. Another thing that you've done is when you really want that gold star, that A plus, that boss to tell you you did a good job, you really want, you like, you miss having a raise at work because then you know, like, somebody else is validating and acknowledging and appreciating the work that you did. Not from like, not from like a place of like, oh, that just feels good, but from a place of like desperation, like, you need that to survive. Okay. You'll also know if this, uh, you also know this podcast episode is for you is if you find yourself, um, like beating yourself up over things, like you've lost your temper on your kids and you're making this whole story about how much you're failing, or, um, you forgot an ingredient in a recipe and you're telling yourself you're so stupid. Like you do this every time you always screw up every recipe or you missed an appointment and you're saying, Oh, you're so scatterbrained. Like what's wrong with you. Okay. That's an example of beating yourself up. You also know, last one, you know this podcast episode is for you. If you find that when you're looking at a picture, you're overanalyzing everything about the picture, the way you look, the the smile that's on your face, the way your hair is laying, like you can pick out every single flaw in the picture about yourself or about someone else, Okay. These are all examples of the, of having a lack of self-love, of not having developed that relationship with who you are and loving her. So I want to just for a second, think about, I want you to think about this analogy. Okay. So we often hear the phrases, moms, you can't give from an empty bucket. And usually this phrase is, is in reference to our time or our energy, Like we can't give more time. We can't give more energy if our bucket is low. I want you to think about this in terms of love, of self-love, okay? You cannot give from an empty bucket, meaning you cannot love other people if you haven't yet developed that love for yourself, okay? So when you think about this bucket, think about it this way. Each compliment, 
Each amount of love given to you is like putting water inside of your bucket. That can come from yourself or that can come from other people. That fills your bucket with love, okay? It's like that water getting higher and higher. Now, when you give a compliment to someone else or you give love to someone else, then you are taking water out of your bucket to give to that other person, okay? When you lack self-love, what's happening is you have holes in your bucket so water is spilling out and you're not getting extra water put into the top of your bucket. So this is why uh, oftentimes we, we start feeling desperate for outside validation because we can feel the water getting low in our bucket, the water is spilling out through the holes, and we are desperate to have more put inside of our bucket so that we can we can love and give to other people. But this is also why sometimes our marriage feels really hard, uh, our, our kids feel really hard, friendships, why we often feel empty or drained is because we have squeezed every ounce of water out of that bucket. And then we start getting resentful that our bucket's empty. And then we start getting like even more desperate for water to come into that bucket because we want to be able to give to other people that feels good to give. But if we don't have any love to give and we're waiting for that outside validation to come in, then that's when the the problem really starts to come in. Now, all of this is a result of not loving yourself. Now, if you are loving yourself and really practicing that self-love, there are no holes in your bucket and you're continually feeling love in addition to other people giving you love. Okay, so that's where I wanted to really start it is one with that analogy is, is understanding that's the importance of self-love is, is it provides that, that fulfillment and, and it provides that, that way for you to nurture and care and love every person around you because you're also feeling that for yourself. So what I typically find when I'm teaching my clients this for the first time is that as soon as we start talking about self-love, immediately what their brain introduces, but I don't want to be selfish. And so it, we we have this belief, especially those that have been raised in, in a Christian environment where we're commanded to be selfless. And if we're not selfless, meaning we're, we're not always giving to everybody else around us, then the opposite is selfish. And we definitely don't want that. And so our brain gets stuck going in between these two definitions of selfless versus selfish. This is a perfect example of what our brain does, which is all or nothing thinking, that there's only two options that exist out there. And, and when we really look at, okay, let's say, you know, we are commanded that, okay, let's go look at the scriptures. Let's really look at in the, in the book of Mark, Christ gives us two commandments, okay? But this is what's really cool about this is that there is a third very subtle commandment built in as well. So when we're looking at it, the first great commandment is to love God with all our heart, might, mind, and strength, okay? And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as thyself. What's really cool about this, and when we're looking at this this in terms of selfless versus selfish, 
Christ is not commanding us to love other people more than ourselves, and he's not commanding us to love them any less than ourselves. He's commanding us to love our neighbor as thyself. He provides this third, very subtle, uh, subtle commandment within there. And that's in order for us to love ourselves and then love our neighbor as we do love ourselves. Okay. Think back to that bucket. Our bucket is full and we're able to give because it's overflowing with this love. So I want you to think about this in terms of the savior himself. Okay. I think this is really good. Imagine for a second that Christ just performed one of his amazing miracles and somebody came up and said, oh my gosh, that like changed my life. And he's like, you know, that miracle wasn't that good. Like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like it it didn't take me much effort at all. <laughs> right? That sounds crazy. <laughs> like He didn't say that. He didn't deflect the compliment, right? Or, you know, another example is like, you know, the, the fish and the, and the loaves of bread where he's like, oh yeah, you know, like, was not a big deal. It was the kid's faith that made the miracle possible. And he brought the stuff. So me, it was just like no big deal. It was, you know, not a big deal. No, like he didn't say that at all. So why are we doing that? Right? So when we're really trying to follow the Savior's example, this is a really good, good example on how to do that. He says, no, I am the light and the life of the world. He knew his purpose. He knew who he was. He knew what he was called to do. And he loved that about himself. He loved it so much that he could own it and he could not waver from it. He wasn't desperate for outside validation, nor did he deflect it when compliments and love came to him. So this is where I wanted to introduce when we're talking about self-love, I'm not talking about selfless love and I'm not talking about selfish love. When I am talking about self-love, I am talking about being self-full, okay? Not selfless, not selfish, but self-full, okay? When we are living from a self-full place, we are loving others as we are loving ourselves, okay? It's a very distinct difference. So it's important now to get to this, as we get to this point, to recognize, all right, well, how do we do this? Like, that's always okay. We can wrap our minds around it. We can get on board with it. Now, how do we actually do this? And I want to get clear that usually when we ask, how do we do this? We're talking about actions. But I want you to first understand, just as we've worked at, you know, if you've been following the last couple episodes, we also want to understand what are the thoughts and the feelings that are leading to us acting in self-love towards ourselves. Okay, so I wanted to share the experience of how I fell in love with my husband because I think it perfectly illustrates how we fall in love with ourselves. And once we fall in love with ourselves, that self-love comes very easily and comes very naturally. So my husband and I, we met when we were living in a different country. He was from a different state than I was, and we were living in Canada at the time, and we were teaching people about Christ. And dating was not on the radar at all, okay? <laughs> so that it, like it was against mission rules to ever date. Uh, so we were not interested in that, and we had our, our own purpose on what we were doing. But what that did is it gave us a, a chance to become friends. 
And once we became friends, we we started just getting to know each other and we were cordial. We were nice to each other. We didn't spend a lot of time hanging out. We, I mean, he was with, with a different group of missionaries than I was. But anytime we would come together, we were always very cordial with each other. And we just started getting to know each other in a very non-pressure, nonchalant kind of way. But it started to build a foundation of just recognizing and appreciating another human being. Okay. After our mission was when we, we had met up, you know, he had come to the state that I lived in and he was going to school and we met up. And from that point, we recognized that, that we wanted to build a relationship from that point. Like we saw the friendship and we wanted to build on that. So we decided to start dating. And at that point, that's where we both chose to be there. We both wanted to be there and we weren't in it because we wanted to judge one another and we weren't in it, you know, with the intention of falling in love. We were just spending time together and learning and being vulnerable with each other. And from that point, love started to develop. We were able to see one another for who they really were. And then from that point later on, that's when we decided to commit to each other. And and that point, that's where love had really deepened, and we decided to 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 deepen that communication, to deepen that co- that commitment to each other, to really practice forgiveness and compassion, to share our dreams and our goals with each other. That's where the commitment level really started to come into play. So I want you to think about these three steps as your how to build self love. Okay. The first step that you will that you will enter into is friendship with yourself. Okay, and we're going to talk more in depth about these in just a second. The second step is building a relationship with yourself, and the third step is being committed to yourself. So again, from that friendship, this is where you just get to know you. And again, in the last episode, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it because this, that episode really teaches you how do you get to know who you are. Now, once you start getting to know who you are, then you get to know kind of your quirks and you get to give yourself permission to be you more often. Now, from that point, you know, you're developing that friendship. You're just spending time because it's enjoyable. You're talking nicely to yourself. And there will be times where you want a break from yourself, okay? (laughs) We all need to take breaks. That's okay. When you're building a friendship, you're not with that person 24-7. Now, I know that seems crazy when you're thinking about it in terms of yourself, But recognize that we do that naturally already. We're already shutting our brain down by listening to content, uh, by watching shows, by scrolling on our phone. All of that is a way to disconnect or step away from it. That's okay when you're building that friendship, okay? I want you to give yourself permission. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to spend time in my brain right now. I'm going to turn on some music instead. That's okay. Okay. You're in the step of, you're in the first step of friendship. As you enter the relationship step, this is where you realize you like who you are. You want to spend time there and you, you move from judging yourself so much. It's almost like, 
Like a good way to describe it is suddenly you start seeing your flaws and you're not so triggered by those flaws. In fact, you start having some compassion and some grace for those flaws and you're not using it against that person. Uh, You're not using it against yourself in the scenario, but you actually are starting to fall in love and and see those things as, as vulnerable aspects of who you are. They give you depth. They give you realness. They give you rawness. And suddenly you start to really see yourself in a new light. This is when you're building a relationship. Okay. And this is when you're, you're, you're starting to see and develop that relationship in a whole new light and a whole new way. And, and you, you're not running from that person all the time. You're not trying to get away from them. In fact, you want to spend time with them more and more often. And you'll realize that because when you're watching a show, you're not feeling guilty because you're watching a show. In fact, it feels like a really enjoyable, relaxing thing to do. Or if you're wanting to take a nice long hot bath, it's not because you're trying to get away from the world. Sometimes there might be that aspect, but sometimes it's just like, yeah, this is something I want to do for myself. You see how easy those actions start to come when you are practicing and, and, and you're, you're starting to in, um, you're starting to really develop the thoughts and the feeling of love for who you are. Okay. There will come a time as you've built your relationship where you've moved on to the third step, which is commitment. This is when you really commit to always having your own back. When you really practice forgiving yourself for making mistakes, when you promise that you'll be there in sickness and in health, which means you're not judging yourself when you have a bad day or when you need to take a week off because you are sick, you're not telling yourself you should be doing more. You are committing to yourself to having compassion there. Suddenly you want these dreams, you want these goals for yourself because it's the most loving thing that you can do. All of a sudden you have this deeper communication with yourself, okay? You're not fighting against who you are. You're not trying to bottle that up. In fact, it's starting to magnify and light every room that you walk into. It feels really joyful, And from this place, that's where you are committed to yourself. That's when you are really practicing self-love on a deep level. This is the self-love I'm talking about. This is what becomes your foundation for everything else in your life. This is when your bucket of love starts to fill over, is when you give yourself permission to feel love for who you are. And, and when that starts to fill over, it becomes a very natural thing to, to buy a new dress, you know, going back to that first example, to buy a new dress for yourself or to say nice things to yourself or to take yourself out and eat healthy food just because you want to do that. You don't have to push through that. Okay. And at this point, this becomes the, the normalcy that you're living from. So when hard things do happen, you already have this foundation, but this foundation is what will also give you fuel and give you um, understanding and more compassion in your marriage, in your relationships, in the way that you're a mom to your children, in the way that you're running your home. 
in every goal that you're doing, there is a freedom that exists when you are practicing this kind of self-love. This is the self-love that I'm inviting you to. So I want you to think about it for yourself. At what, what step are you? Maybe you are at step zero and you're total strangers with who you are. That's okay too. Or maybe you're at one, two, or three where you're, you, you might be at friendship or relationship or commitment. Really figure that out for yourself and, and just take a minute to commit to yourself that, that you want to build and wherever you're at, you want to build that self-love. And, and from here, this is where everything will change for you. This is what I invite you, you to do at this point. We're going to continue building on this, but the having this foundation will make all the other skills that I teach you so much easier. Have a wonderful week, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please share, review, and subscribe to this podcast so that together we can live life on purpose.